What's your heart's desire? I mean, is that something that you wake up in the morning thinking about? Is it something that you uh, walk through life and start your Mondays off with, you know, my heart's desire is this. What's your heart's desire today? If your heart's desire is to lose weight and be fit, then one thing that you got to do is not eat all the chips in the middle of the table with salsa, right? If that's your heart's desire, that's the hardest, I think that's probably the hardest thing ever, especially when the chips get, keep getting replenished. It's like, I got to finish them all again? What are you doing to me? Your heart's desire. If your heart's desire is to have an amazing marriage, then you'll make time for date night, won't you? Or make time for your marriage. If your heart's desire is to have a great career, you'll, you'll stick in a job that's kind of hard because it's your heart's desire for that to be your career and to work through things and to grow. So what's your heart's desire today? If your heart's desire is to live a holy life, that, a set-apart life that the Bible talks about, then you probably won't do everything that the culture says to do that's supposedly fun. If that's your heart's desire. What's your heart's desire? As you can see, our entire life is ran from a desire. Whatever our desire is. Our desire to make Jesus our boss has to outweigh making everybody happy sometimes. Our desire. So what's your desire today? What's something you really desire? As we start off this book of Romans, you're going to see what Paul's desire is. And he's the writer of the book of Romans, which is set in the, the town of Rome. And so Paul's desire, you're going to see as he starts off this book, you're going to see what is Paul passionate about? What is his desire? And I think there's something in it for all of us that we can really learn and we can, we can grasp and maybe get back on course with some really good heart desires today as we start off this book. I'm going to go ahead and pray and then uh, we'll jump right in. God, we just thank you so much. Actually, would you guys just pray with me? Because we're starting off this book of Rome, Romans, and we're going to be in it till the very end of the year. So wouldn't it be amazing? Sorry to just stop a prayer like that. But wouldn't it be amazing for this book to single, you know, every single week that we come and we gather together, that's just like, wow, that's exactly what I'm walking through. That's exactly what I need to hear from the Lord. I'm positive that will happen. It really will. As we open up our hearts, as we just say, God, we want to learn from you. We want to hear you. And so would you just pray that with me and for yourself at the same exact time, that God would just speak through this book. So Lord, we, we desire to hear from you today. Would you be our heart's desire? Would the words that um, come out of my mouth be from you, God? Holy Spirit, would you just guide and lead this entire message? that it speak directly to our hearts. You know exactly what it is that we need to hear today. You know the areas that we need encouraged in. You know the areas that maybe we've forgotten about that you want to remind us of. And you know the areas that you want to grow us in. And so, Lord, we just, uh, we just choose to surrender to you. Would you be our desire this morning? As we open up this book, as we dive in deep to what your word says, would it just speak directly to our hearts every single week, God? Would you just draw us in closer and closer to you? 
In Jesus' name, amen. So Romans 1, 1. We're starting right in the very beginning. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. The gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures regarding his son, who as his earthly life was a descendant of David, and who through the, Holy, through the spirit of holiness was appointed the Son of God, empowered by the resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him we receive grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to faith and obedience for his name's sake. And you also among the Gentiles who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be his holy people, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Isn't that a good word? That's how Paul starts off this book as he, as he invites us in. You're going to hear what Paul's desire is. And one thing that you can see in this passage is Paul, one of the things that Paul really desires is that other people would know about the gospel of Christ. So Paul was really good at speaking to Jewish people, but God had actually called Paul, the Jew of all Jews, to the Gentiles, to the people that were actually looked at as outcasts. And so God called Paul to actually invite the Gentiles in that they could have this relationship with God that he has. And so you see that in Paul's writing as he even starts churches, that he's really passionate about other people knowing the gospel of God, which is really good. That people would know the gospel. That's a good heart's desire, isn't it? But Paul's number one desire in this book is found in, in the very first verse. It says, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus. That's it. He's a servant of Christ Jesus. His desire is to serve the Lord. His entire life starts with, I'm going to serve God, and then his life ends with, I'm going to serve God. He's a servant of Christ Jesus. This book is written from somebody that wants to pursue Christ Jesus as number one. Paul's desire is to hear, well done, my good and faithful Servant. Have you guys ever heard that verse? Well done, my good and faithful servant. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Sometimes we confuse that with well done, my good and faithful amazing musician. Well done, my good and faithful uh, great motivational speaker. Well done, my good and faithful entrepreneur. Well done, my good and faithful. Those are all really good things that we can do for the Lord, but the biggest part of it is, well done, my good and faithful servant. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus. His entire life is devoted to serve God. You see it. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus. Sometimes we lose that. We lose that our goal and, and our desire that the Bible teaches us is to serve the Lord, don't we? We kind of get confused sometimes, and we start to make life a little bit more about ourselves. 
But if you looked at Paul's profile on Facebook, because you can find it, the Apostle Paul, it says, a servant of Christ Jesus. It doesn't say Paul, the church planner of church planners. Paul, the great motivational speaker. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus. Single, it says. His very first sentence to the church is, I'm here to serve. When our desire to serve God is our heart's desire, our identity will flow through that. When your desire is to serve the Lord, then you discover your identity. We aren't in an identity crisis, hoping somebody notices us and tells us what our identity is. Our identity is to serve the Lord. When my relationship is wrapped up in God, how can I serve you? I struggle a lot less with what people say about me. I'm here to serve God. Our identity flows through being a servant of God. You can see it with Paul. He says this. He says, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an impossible apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. So his calling came from his identity. His identity is to serve God and to put God first, and then he received a calling from it. It's not the opposite. Sometimes we get that confused where we put our calling in front of our identity of just being a servant of God. And then when things don't go our way, does anybody else, like, when things don't go our way, I'm like, I'm done with this. But we were just called to serve God. We were just called to serve the Lord. And so our identity comes from serving God and serving God only. That's where we receive our identity. So, like, our entire life, we're looking for, like, what we are created for, what we're supposed to do in life. And that comes from just serving God only. It's so comforting to know, like, I am here on this earth to serve the Lord. And that's where my identity comes from. And then you receive your calling from that. When our desire is wrapped up in serving God, our identity flows right through it. When your desire is wrapped up in serving the Lord, your identity will flow through that. I'm going to say that one more time because I don't think we hear it a whole lot. When your desire is wrapped up in serving God, then your identity will flow right through that. Paul knows who he is. He believes in what God has called him to because his number one mission is to serve the Lord. He believes in Jesus Christ. And God has called them into this thing, a calling that, that Paul had. And, and the struggles and, and the things that Paul walked through in his life are like so beyond a lot of what we walk through sometimes. But Paul continued to follow God because he knew that he was called to serve the Lord and to serve the Lord only. Even when things didn't go in his way, he continued to serve God.
So I just want to conclude that. These first, very first verse is that as we desire to follow Jesus and serve him only, we will receive more and more of our identity in Christ Jesus. So the first thing your heart's desire is to serve the Lord. The second part of that is to walk out the calling that God has for you. Serve the Lord, walk out the calling he has. I want to talk about a couple of things that really fuel that tank of your heart's desire, though. Because it's really easy to, to hear a message like this and go, yeah, okay, no, I get that. But then like Monday morning, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, you, you start to forget this. And so there's some things that you got to do to fuel your tank, to remind yourself that this is my desire is to serve God. And the first thing is this, is the first thing that will really fuel your tank is to set up some routines. Routines equal growth. A lot of times when we think of routines, we think of religion, right? We think of like something, oh, I have to do this because this is what Neil said at church, that guy that tells those really bad jokes, and he said, you have to do these things. Routines are actually, the only thing routines are is prioritizing something over something else. That's all routine is. Can I just say as a blanket statement, we're all really busy. Does anybody else, are you busy? Is everyone, raise your hand if you're busy this morning. If you're kind of busy, okay, yeah, we're all busy. So routines are just prioritizing. I'm going to put this in front of anything else that's, that was trying to take its place. That's all a routine is. And routines will give you growth. So if you want to go to the gym and, and look really, really good, you're going to have to get a routine going of going to the gym, won't you? You have to do that. I am really, one thing I realized at the, at the YMCA that my noon basketball crew has a, a stronger routine to, to play basketball at noon than a lot of people's routine in so many other areas of life. They will move heaven and earth to play noon ball. Really, like schedule their work schedule around noon ball because it's really important to them that we get together and I get to dunk on them. That's really important <laughs> to so many guys if that ever were to happen. <laughs> but routines equal growth. And so one routine that I just invite you into is, is a routine of prayer. You know, for God to be your heart's desire, you need to know him, don't you? You need to know his word. You need to know what he says about you because you start to desire what other people say about you and the good things they can say. And so prayer, putting that as a routine, setting aside five minutes, 10 minutes, and reaching out to God and saying, God, I set aside this time for you. I want to know you more. I want to serve you, Lord. Even starting your prayers off, Jesus, how can I serve you? How can I serve you today? And it's amazing how that works, isn't it? Like he'll start highlighting somebody in your life or you're at a, um, a coffee shop and you end up paying for the person behind him. You know, the Lord like just kind of sparks your heart because sometimes we forget about how can we serve the Lord and have him as a desire. So prayer is, is literally, it's, you know, in its simplest form, prayer is, is just like a walkie-talkie. It is. You can talk to Jesus. Did you know that? That you can talk to Jesus. 
Jesus paid the way through the cross. He went through all these things so that each one of us can identify and talk to the Lord. Like, isn't that amazing? The Bible says that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father and he's petitioning for you. So you talk to Jesus and Jesus conveys to the Father, my son, Neil, really needs us. He's walking through this. You can talk to Jesus. Hey, Jesus, you out there? A lot of times that's my prayer, if I'm going to be really honest. Because you know why? Because I'm busy. I'm busy. Jesus? Okay. Well, yeah, I'll text Amy. So, Amy, i got a lot of this stuff going on in life. Because there's, if it's not a routine to give God some time, because a lot of times God waits a while to respond, doesn't he? It's not always instant. <laughs> Love you too, Jesus. <laughs> he does and as we sit there and pondering you know is Jesus going to respond like am I hearing him correctly what he does is he starts to become that desire in our heart that overrides every other desire and so sometimes in that waiting process, he's just pulling us closer so that we desire him more. Right? It's a good routine. Just put into practice, Jesus, how can I serve you today? Close your day out with, Lord, is there anything that, I, that you wanted to say to me today? Is there anything that you'd love to tell me? And a lot of times the response from Jesus is just like that. I just love you, my son. We're trying to find our identity in so many things and people pleasing. And the entire time, Jesus is just like, I just want to tell you I love you. You're doing exactly what I've called you to. I'm proud of you. We need to hear that. So routines are great. A routine of prayer is, is powerful and fueling that heart's desire Another routine is to read his word. God's word is alive and living, and it speaks directly to our hearts every single day. To actually open up our Bible. You know, we have like Morgan Freeman reading the Bible to us. <laughs> Why are, <laughs> let's read his word. Let's let Morgan read it. It's beautiful. We have so many capabilities for for, to get God's word in our heart and to read the same passage over and over and to memorize it and to remind ourselves. Every single morning for three years, I read Psalms 139 because I came out of an identity of trying to please everyone and trying to find my identity in what the world would tell me that it was. And Psalms 139 says, I've knit you together in, my mother, in your mother's womb. I've known you from the beginning. I know every hair on your head, Neil, and the ones that you're losing. <laughs> it's not funny. 
and I'm blessing you with new hair growth. <laughs> amen. Did you say amen? Wow, okay. But he knows us. And I needed that, that identity crisis of God really knows me and he loves me just the way that I am. And so putting that as a routine, every single day I'm going to get into God's word, whether it's using your Bible app. The Bible app is free. We have free Bibles on that table. I would love to see all those Bibles gone today. Every single one of them. Take it home. And we're reading the book of Romans. Read, the, read chapter one this week. Read God's word. Make it a routine. God's word is alive. It's living. It's, it's powerful and it's life-changing. We want to know the Lord and like everything that, that he has for us is written in the Bible. A lot of you know this, but my son is actually in, in the military, and he's off at Fort Benning right now down in Georgia. So just imagine boot camp in Georgia this year. You know, think talk about hot in the Quad Cities, Georgia. So hard not to sing. Right. But he's down there. And so every single um, last year, he went to, to boot camp between his junior and senior year and went and knocked out boot camp. And then this year, he's down there his entire summer. Last summer, he spent the entire summer there. This year, he's spending his whole summer there getting the training. And so last year especially is uh, we would get a little email saying, like, you got a letter from Ethan in your mailbox. And so every single day, me and Amy, when we get the letter from Ethan, we'd come home and we'd open it up. Here's the letters from last year from Ethan. You know, just telling us, like, his progress, showing, showing us, like, how we, how we did on, on shots, and, and then also, like, some complaining. <laughs> there's, there's a, and from the beginning to the end, you can see how he changed from, like, this was about him to now it's about his group of people, you know, because there's a camaraderie now with the, the group of guys. And so you just saw in his letters, and... When I opened this up, I knew my son. You know, I couldn't see him, but I, I knew what he was going through. I could, I could pray for him. I could be there in that with him. And then I could write him back, and buddy, it's going to be good. You know, you're doing great. So proud of you. And there's this passion and this hunger to want to wanna open this up every single day that I came in the mail and, and read what's going on in his life. And I was just thinking about God's word and this hunger and this desire to, to do the same. To know how, God, how God's done this, how, how he's defeated our giants in the past, how, how Jesus rose from the grave, how, how things in our life are much smaller than, than what we make them because we serve a big God. Not because we can do things on our own, but because it's written down in his word that he's a big God and he can accomplish things that we can't. That if his people would humble themselves and pray, then he would heal their land. And so instead of watching the news, why don't we read the Bible? You know, why don't we just dive into this and this hunger and this desire, the same hunger of opening up that mailbox and God, what are you saying? Wow. So you're saying that Paul is a servant of Christ Jesus and he's called 
to be an apostle. I want to be a servant of you too, Jesus. I want to be like Paul. I want to face obstacles that, that I can't face on my own. And then I want, to, I want to know your calling for my life. This is the same hunger and desire that will fuel that tank, that you'll desire the Lord more and more and more. That desire is not found on social media. I'm going to let you know right now. The routine of waking up and scrolling, it's, it's a bad routine, isn't it? It's hard to break free from. Replace it with opening up the Bible app. So a couple of the routines that we can put into practice to fuel a desire of serving the Lord is to pray and to read our Bible. Sounds like Christianity 101, doesn't it? But we need that reminder, don't we? We need to remember what, what God's brought us through and that he has more. I just want to close with saying, what if there was a church that really, truly desired and hungered putting Jesus first and serving him only? What if that was the churches in the Quad Cities that we hunger and we desire to serve Jesus Christ? Mother Teresa says you can do great things together. Great things together. Imagine us, just a group of people that just say, you know what, I want to serve the Lord. My life is devoted to serving God, and I'm not going to do this by myself. I'm not going to do this sitting at home. I'm going to do this with you. I'm going to do this with you. I'm going to do this with you. And we're going to serve God together. And then we're going to not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but we're going to encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching, we're going to spur one another on. That is God's desire for his church. It's always been the desire. It's always been the intention. It's not the great service, the great coffee. It's that a group of people would hunger and desire putting him first together. Can I get an Amen. Let's do it. Let's be that church. Just invite you guys this, this week to, to make that a routine and then come next Sunday morning and come next Sunday morning with, man, I've been praying and I've been reading God's word and watch how God pieces together everything that he said to you throughout that entire week on Sunday morning. It happens every single week. God will piece it all together. Just invite you to, Set those routines in place this week and try it out. I'm going to go ahead and pray for us. Um, you know that passage that I shared, well done, my good and faithful servant, right? That passage is from Matthew 25, 23. And what it is, is, is Jesus telling a story of a person gave so many talents, and it was five talents to to three people, he gave one, five talents. The person with five talents took the five talents, implemented it, and then actually doubled the talents. The second person got three talents, and they implemented, they used the talents to serve God, and then they got three more talents. So they doubled their talents. And lastly, the person that got one talent took the one talent, 
went and buried it and didn't do anything with it. And there was just something in that, that that the Lord was just stirring my heart because I feel like there's some people in this room and there were people in first service too that definitely, we didn't know what to do with the calling. We didn't know what God was drawing us into. We, did, we weren't quite sure what to do with it. And so we went out into the sand and we dug a hole and we buried it and we put the sand over it. And we're just like, you know what? I'm just done with that. I don't really understand it. I don't know what God's doing with it. I believe the Lord's inviting you to grab a shovel this morning, to to grab a shovel and dig that back up because he wants to use it for his glory. And this isn't a thing of comparing your one talent to the five talents. A lot of times we bury our talents because we're just not talented like somebody else that we thought we should be. And so you need to get a shovel and you need to go get your talents and say, God, I want to serve you with this talent. Another thing that the Lord was just really revealing to me is, Sometimes when your talent has to do with like serving people, is there anyone in this room that you feel like what God's called you into is to serve people, like people are involved in it? Go ahead and raise your hand. Very cool. You're going to get hurt. Take it from a pastor. (laughs) You will be hurt by people. They'll leave you. They'll abandon you. They'll say bad things about you. You just love them. And so what you do when when your talent is to serve people, you take that talent and you go and bury it and you go, that hurts way too much. I'm not doing that again. You need to go get a shovel. You need to go get a shovel and unbury that talent today. What God's given you, what he's called you to, Go unearth it this morning and say, Jesus, I'm, I just, I refuse to bury this and I'm just going to present it to you as a gift. You gave me this gift and so I'm giving it back to you. I'm just going to serve you in it. I just want to serve the Lord.